Welcome to another episode of the Level Up Podcast. Today we are talking with one of my best friends and excellent horror writer, CSW. He is going to blow your mind with how he changes his voice and my voice and how he created his show to terrify you to the deepest part of your soul. Maybe not that much, but he will enlighten you on how to go ahead and start your own podcast, even if you think you can't, all here on the Level Up Podcast. Welcome to the Level Up Podcast. I am Lachlan Quintana, and I'm here today talking horror audio with CSW. I am really curious to fully understand what horror audio really can be and what it's going to be so i will let him give a much better introduction than i can please lead the way hey excited to be here just first of all just want to say um so yeah uh i'm csw i i run a podcast called incarnation red um that's r-e-a-d spelled as in the past tense of read um and yeah horror audio is something that is uh Something I've been into, um, I'm only recently kind of getting into it, uh, but I think horror podcasts, I mean, it's no secret that horror podcasts are are a really big part of... um like the creative fiction type podcasts. Um, some people might consider Welcome to Night Vale that, and it certainly has horror elements, but there's also podcasts like the No Sleep podcast or Old Gods of Appalachia, um, or even like, you know, um, yeah, like Knife Point Horror or something like that. Um, so audio horror, much like all of podcasting, I think is, is kind of still a wild west, you know, like, um, there's not a lot of, uh, groundwork laid, you know, like people are still kind of trying new things. And, uh, on this new front, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to create in the most unique way I can, I guess. Um, I would say right now, most horror podcasts and most audio horror, um, tends to be found found not found footage but found audio you know like uh, the magnus archives is a good example of that um and while i do think there's a lot of power in found audio um i don't think you know that's not the only way to do it you know and i think it's a healthy and interesting way to explore other narrative modes just like you would in any other art form um sweet that's awesome i'm so excited to dive into this a little further but i do always got to find out um really you know why you wanted to start a podcast in the first place um just because you know i we do this podcast to really share with um the world how creativity kind of functions and works Mm. um so i'm really excited to kind of hear where you got the idea for starting a podcast and kind of you know what like jump started it um why you're still doing it and moving on beyond just season one and doing season two and everything like that you know it's kind of um you know a process to get into so i'd love to hear your story about that yeah um so let's see when incarnation read um I think uh, I first got the idea for an audio project, um, I think when I was in college. Um, so I, I'm primarily a writer, a horror writer, um, and uh, my transition into audio sort of came whenever I was thinking, uh, you know, having read certain pieces out loud, I noticed that obviously there's a lot of different power when you're reading something out loud than when you're just reading it straight. Um, and so... I was thinking, okay, well, there's there's got to be something interesting there. You know, audiobooks are, are just kind of reading the thing straight, but what if there was something I could write that was an audio-first form? Um, 
and was primarily a listening experience. Um, and then that's got me thinking about a podcast, and I was like, okay, that'd be a pretty good avenue for it. Um, the idea was just kind of bumming around my head. I, I knew that whatever I did, I wanted to make it, uh, I guess, viscerally frightening, you know, like something that you, the listener would digest through their ears and not just like, you may as well have been reading it. Um, so uh, at the time I was living in Chicago, uh, I this was kind of shortly before the dawn of uh, the pandemic. Um, and so whenever the pandemic did start, I obviously, you know, was shut up. I lost my job, much like everybody else did, and um, was just kind of stuck in my apartment. And I figured, okay, well, you know, now might be a good time to, to try creative stuff. And, and so I think the Incarnation Red kind of came from a cocktail of, I think, pandemic anxiety, um, a lot of personal emotional anxiety, and... Uh, also just the desire to create something that uh, I guess was different than what I normally did. I wanted to kind of push myself because I knew I could write. Um, and so at one, at one point, uh, the title I think came from, uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't totally remember. Um, I think the title, I think I was thinking about a red carnation um, and then just kind of playing around with words in my head. I was like in red incarnation, incarnation red, thinking of course the color. Um, but then whenever I decided to make a podcast um, and thinking about reading something out loud, um, that it was read out loud, I was like, oh, that's a good, interesting kind of double entendre there. And so that's where the title came from. And so amid the pandemic, I just kind of wrote a few scripts and then uh, recorded a demo. The, the first demo that was, the first episode that was ever recorded uh, technically was Meditation, which is episode three. Um, and I made a demo of it and really liked it and uh, yeah, just kept writing scripts and then <laughs> wanted to make it as audibly interesting as possible. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Always agree. Um, that's kind of what we're doing with like this, this season of uh, the level up podcast is we're really just trying to, you know, get some more mics and get the full studio setup kind of going uh, just because we're doing it from home now. Yeah. Um, not a bad thing per se, but alas, we have to change the setup and do all that. So I completely yeah. fully understand. So uh, I would love to know about your setup. Um, I, love, I, I hear interesting things about it and would love yeah. to hear your your um, story about it. <laughs> yeah, my setup is a pretty humble one. Um, I, uh, I, so I, I don't have, obviously, like, you know, it's a home studio. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe we can pull up a picture here if, uh, yeah. in the video aspect or if not, you know, I'll we, just describe we, we it. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as you can, you'll, maybe you'll see here. Um, it's just kind of my closet. Um, I've got a nice walk-in closet in my apartment. Um, and, uh. I just drew, kind of drew a curtain across the opening because it doesn't have a door. Um, and anybody who works in audio knows that, or especially anybody who has a home studio knows that uh, clothing is a very, very good sound absorber um, mm -hmm. because it is so soft and it is so uh, convex. Um, and so being surrounded by the clothes is already pretty good soundproofing. So then I just put the uh, these soundproof panelings, you know, your typical foam panelings up on the walls, um, drew that curtain, which uh, was actually kind of... Uh, I had read that it was very good at soundproofing as well, so I made sure to get that one. Um, so that got the space nice and insulated. Um, and then for whenever I'm recording, I just pretty much bring in two chairs, one for myself, one for the laptop, um, and then bring in a stool for the microphone because I don't have a stand. Um, 
and uh, I recently got a sound shield, so I set that up around the microphone, and then uh, screw my pop filter onto the stool, kind of keep that in front of the mic, um, and then I sit and I. I've got my, you know, my own headphones and stuff and just a direct feed into the mic. Occasionally, whenever I'm doing vocal distortion or vocal effects, which is quite frequent in Incarnation Red, I'm, I'll, I'll have to transfer it from mic to laptop so I can hear the plug-in work in real time, obviously. Um, and then uh, that's pretty much it. The script, I, I read off of my phone um, because I don't want to be heard, you know, shuffling papers around uh, in the studio. Um and uh, yeah, it's not a very it's not a very cozy setup, um, but uh, it does a trick. And I I'm a firm believer that I'm a firm believer in uh, I guess George, what they call George Lucas syndrome, um, which is that if you've got limitations, you have to really think about what you're creating um, because you have limited means. You can't afford to have a bad idea if you have limited means. You have to do the most you can with what you have. Um, but then once you get those means and once just like George Lucas did once you get a lot of money once you get a big budget and all that you start making poor creative decisions because you can just fall back on oh well I've got the special effects I've got this and that and all that and having a humble studio setup I think encourages me to think okay I need to make this sound really good because um I'm, I'm clearly working with limited tools here yeah it's kind of a Jack White philosophy yeah absolutely um you know, that's, again, what we've been doing with our studio. And, you know, just yeah. kind of doing what we can <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the best we got. Um, but, you know, it's it's a lot of fun I, because I think, you know, having that limited setup really, I, I think it can inspire you in a nice way. You know, it's not, it's, I would actually go as far to say that it's not limiting, but it is um, opening a door for your creativity to go, to go a certain direction. Yeah, that's that's how I choose to see it um yeah. and that's um, it's like it's like flexing a muscle like a creative muscle you're like okay sh- you know shit like I, I'm gonna have to flex the creative muscle super super big now yeah. because I have so little yeah exactly <laughs> or exactly. such a specific setup that you have to uh, you know allow it to function at a certain capacity or another so like you know right now my dog could come up barking and ruin the whole thing <laughs> I mean yeah. you know that's just something you kind of got to put up with yeah. you my know, cat well, frequently joins me in the studio that works out see but your cat, I would imagine, is a little quieter than a barking dog. That is true. Um, <laughs> I, I will say there was a fun little side story. Um, uh, the episode Silence, episode 13 of, of season one, uh, I had to do a lot of ambient recording, field recording. Um, a lot of it done in my apartment just to capture like house ambience. Um, and there's a recording out there of me recording house ambience. And I tried to get, just get a long, uninterrupted line with no, you know, AC wasn't turning on, the cars weren't going by or whatever. Um, and so it was silent for a very long time. And then you just kind of hear like a small, and then you hear me go, oh, God. <laughs> my cat decided to become vocal. So, yeah. yeah. No, I completely understand that issue. Uh, you know, the, the, yeah, I have recorded this podcast in a studio before, like an actual studio studio, mm-hmm. not just in my house. Um, it's gone great, but, you know, you do run into those less issues with no cat, no dog getting in the way. You're just in the studio. So it kind of kind of works out in its own regard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in regard to your style of podcast, um, you know, with it being horror and everything, um, how would you, I don't know, encourage somebody to get into the horror podcasting world? 
Um, I'm, I'm curious because I don't think I've ever really dove into it. I think I started one of those uh, Rami Malek uh, podcasts. He does like a post-apocalyptic world something, something or another. Mm. It was really great. I didn't finish it, but it, it was good from what I was listening to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, how would you kind of define that like horror... Uh, What's the word? Not category. Uh, genre. Genre. Thank you. Um, how would you define that to anyone who's listening to podcasts and trying to get into something new? It's like someone who wants to listen to something new. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, why would they get into the, the horror genre of podcasting? I've never thought about it myself. So, you know, sell me on it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, well, I would say that, you know, I mean, horror arguably goes back to just telling story to, to folk stories. I mean, the first scary stories were told around campfires and and told in, you know, small cultures and communities. Um, and so podcasting is almost like a neo reincarnation of that um, because uh, and, and, and a lot of people have compared it to radio plays and like how, uh, you know, that used to be a thing that was very popular. Yeah. Um, like H.G. Wells scaring everybody. Over the radio, like what? Uh, H.G. Wells. Oh yeah, yeah. War of the World, the worlds, and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd say for the reason to get into horror podcasting is both to, um, I guess, kind of reconnect with that you know, the visceral, like, oh, I'm being told a story kind of feeling. Um, but also because uh, audio is an incredibly unique um, format for horror, because if you think about it, I mean, so much of when you are frightened or if, you know, if you were in your room and you, your closet door was creaking open, um, the sound would be terrifying and then hearing it would be terrifying. And so much of fear comes from what we hear. And, and, and a lot of, you know, films very much emphasize what we see um, and, uh, you know, what is visibly horrifying. But podcasting presents an opportunity to blind ourselves and submit it only to listening. Um, and some really interesting things can come out of that. Um, whether that's found audio, um, which has this kind of, uh, veracity to it. Like, Oh, it's like, I'm listening to an actual, actual events. You know, it feels real in that sense. Um, or, you know, it could be something else like incarnation red, which is just a bit, you know, maybe a bit more left field, a bit, more, uh, I guess, like you would listen to a concept album or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, audio is a very unique format for horror. I guess that's what that's what I would say. Um, and there's a lot of ones out there that that are making making good on this. Sweet. So as you're kind of doing like your you know your process to get an episode released mm -hmm. or a full season released you know what, what does that kind of process look like for you um in regard to prepping scripts to prepping you know release schedules promotional content etc i'm kind of curious okay um yeah my creative process uh so, so with season one and it's going to be the same with season two as well um i know I know what every episode is going to be. I, I had a full episode list um, before it even debuted. Um, I knew what episodes were going to happen in what order. Um, and so essentially we can start, I guess, with the idea, just when the idea comes. Um, and ideas, especially in case of Incarnation Red, I mean, an idea can come from anywhere. Um, uh, I've certainly got tales I can I can spin about where some of the episodes came from but you know once you've got the idea um or once I had the idea I just kind of jot it down um occasionally over times if some more ideas related to that one come I'll jot them down under the same I same little note um 
And then once I've got enough or I've got enough that I feel like could form a cohesive story, um, I scheduled it into the uh, season list, the list of episodes. Um, And uh, so I knew every episode that was going to happen in season one. I just hadn't written them yet. Um, And so uh, Incarnation Red debuted on Halloween. When it debuts, I just hitherto that I'll have written the first episode script. And uh, once the season actually starts... um, Basically, an episode is released. After that, I spend the first week, because it happens every other week, I spend the first week writing the script for the next one based on whatever notes I had. Um, And then the second week, I record my vocals. I then edit it, um, you know, in the following days. Um, Just make it sound good, make sure it's all tight, and then upload it, and then just kind of repeat the process. It's pretty week by week, to be honest. you know, I, I know what the episode's going to be. I just haven't fleshed it out. Yeah. Um, some episodes, obviously, were less fleshed out than, um, you know, th- than other ones were ahead of time. Like, uh, Firefly is a good example of an episode like that. Um, I knew the prime audio component of it, but I had no idea what the story was going to be until I just started writing. Okay. Um, Epitaph is another good example of a story that uh, literally didn't have a script. I improvised the entire thing, um, which uh, gives the episode some rawness, but it was also a very difficult process. Um, and so, you know, it varies piece by piece, but, but uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great, because how we were doing our podcast was we were doing um, the Netflix model release, and it just... It, wasn't really taken so much like it worked like all the episodes were there everyone was sharing their stuff Mm. getting some good listens and everything like that but we're doing this season episodically and i think the episodic release style uh, is going to be a lot better but how does that kind of work for your your kind of your motivation for having those weekly you know or every other week uh, releases does that like motivate you in a different capacity because you're trying to be like ooh, get it out you know where we were doing it you know we were just doing you know full season and then we're done we'll get there and edit it all at once and then promote and do everything like that Mm -hmm. um you know was that a different process for you or a different um feel and vibe for the way that you're doing it it was definitely a different feel um that was kind of part of why i started incarnation red because another reason i wanted to start a podcast was because i wanted to uh train myself in uh serialized releasing and being able to produce quickly um cool and uh so yeah it's no it's definitely a, a different feel having to to work quickly and having to be timely about it yeah um it could be difficult, obviously, at times. Um, but yeah, because I, I primarily, I mean, I favor the long form. I, I'm a long form writer, really. Um, but Incarnation Red has trained me to have different sensibilities. Okay. Especially yeah. when it comes to timeline. Sweet. And how long are each episode, give or take, I guess? Um, I'd say 20 to 30 minutes. Um, well, maybe 20 to 40 might be a more accurate thing. I have yet to break the 40 mark. Um, gotcha. But most of them are somewhere in mid-30s. Yeah, I get to be really proud when I break an hour, and I'm just like, yes, yeah. we're still going. We're still going. This is going great. <laughs> all conversations all around. It's yeah. all good. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think it's kind of dependent on what the, what story you're trying to tell. You know, you, your podcast is a lot different than my podcast, where we're just kind of interviewing, yeah. having a conversation, that type of thing. You know, you're actually um, bringing people into a world... Um, environment, you know, to allow them to experience it accordingly. Um, so I'm kind of curious, what, what, what is that? Um, 
how do you how would how do you know when your podcast is being effective? You know, how do you know if they're actually getting some fear out of it or, you know, how are you getting them to feel a certain way if you want them to be sad in example, you know? Um, well, you know, the burden of being an artist is that you, you, you really you really can't know, you know, it's like you just kind of have to do the best you can. Um, I think uh, something I do to maximize, you know, fear and maximize the scope of it is that I, I really do try to do something different every episode, like audibly a completely different experiment every episode, um, because people have a wide range of what scares them. Um, some people might listen to meditation, an episode that is primarily diegetic sound effects, and that might be very viscerally, viscerally scary to them. Um, but somebody who isn't really into that would be more fitting to an episode, um, you know, an episode like Doppel or something where it's, it's uh, you feel more like you're in, uh, or, or I, I guess like you can picture the story rather than experience it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just write about what scares me, and, and, I, and I think... If I write about what scares me, there's a decent to fair chance that it'll scare someone else. And as far as making them feel other emotions, I mean, sadness certainly um, happens a lot. Again, to come back to the episode of Silence, uh, that episode was difficult to write um, because that episode is, is basically about um, a man grieving the death of his wife. Um, and I mean, I'm like, I'm married and I, I you know, had to kind of dig deep into into some real fears there um, that were very kind of difficult to reckon with. You know, it felt painful. Um, and so uh, I think as, as long as you're digging into what makes you feel a certain way, chances are it's going to resonate with a listener. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, you know, leading that with like kind of the emotion of feeling fear and everything like that. Do you have any like blatant fears when you started your podcast? Cause I know like for me, like it was so hard to like get season one done. I'm just, you know, trying to do the whole 10 episodes per season, etc. But I was trying to get it done and I just felt like such an immense amount of pressure mm. and just like, like no one told me to do the podcast. I just started to do it myself, and it was like m me just doing something just because I thought it sounded fun. So we're yeah. giving it a go. Um, yeah. Did you have any fears about starting your podcast? Because I definitely know I had hundreds of fears. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, to be honest, uh, the only fear I, I ever really had with Incarnation Red was just that. Um, I think I was kind of nervous because I, I'm, I'm an amateur, you know, and I didn't want to sound unprofessional or, you know, low grade or something like that because uh, I've never worked in audio before. Mm. Um, I knew exactly what I wanted it to sound like, but I mean, I didn't know how to to use audio equipment. I, I, I taught myself how to use Ableton, um, which, you know, is not really a very intuitive uh, workstation, but um I think my only fear, yeah, was really just that I didn't want to sound like I didn't know what I was doing because um, you never want to feel that way as an artist. Other than that, though, I mean, Incarnation Red, I I just kind of felt like, you know what, I'm going to try it. If it works out, then sweet. If it doesn't, no harm, no foul. You know, I, obviously, not to say that I don't care about it. Um, it's just that I did, there were so many reasons to do it and so few reasons not to. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think, like, for me, too, you know, I just...
figured, you know, why not give it a try? See, like, if it's something that you like doing, mm. and then turns out I love doing it. Like, you know, I when I would be in the studio specifically, you know, I'd, I'd be able to, you know, do things like this all the time and be mm. super intimate with my voice and yeah. talk very much like that ASMR style. And yeah. <laughs> then I would go back to, you know, doing the basic conversation. But, you know, it's fun to be able to kind of play with your voice and manipulate it where, you know, on camera and like seeing myself on camera, I think it's a lot harder to do that because you're like, Lachlan, why were you doing, you know, this and why are you doing this with your arms and, you know, why are you stroking your beard so many times? Kind of weird. But, you know, with audio, you can stroke your beard or just... Be, be naked too recording your podcast and it's probably good <laughs> I have recorded with my cat on my lap once yeah um, she didn't really like that much though yeah uh, <laughs> yeah no um, playing with my voice that's that's something I really try I really enjoy doing and, and I like to I think it's kind of part of what makes incarnation a little bit unique is that you know my intonations differ a lot um, lately I've been trying to learn how to do like a heavy vocal fry voice almost like kind of like this Marilyn Manson-esque like mm. talking like this kind of thing um, to produce a certain effect uh, and uh, the vocal effects as well um, are one of my favorite parts yeah. of the show because I just again it's um, I think it's taking the human voice and making it unfamiliar that is very viscerally frightening uh, kind of resonates with the sense of the uncanny yeah you know something you would normally recognize but suddenly you don't recognize it yeah absolutely were there any um really big influences uh, that you had from pop of the media um anything like that that really just like nailed in like i'm doing a horror podcast because horror is amazing um, <laughs> um you know something like that i've been a, i mean I'm, obviously i've been a horror fan ever since i was like a teenager um but uh i would say influence wise um I'd say the podcasts that influenced my style um, were uh, the Magnus Archives was certainly one of them. Um, I discovered that when I was working a temp job in Chicago, and I would just kind of put my headphones on and just listen to it all day because I was bored out of my mind. Um, and uh, yeah, the idea of all these uh, seemingly unrelated stories, but then yeah, as time goes on, you kind of see that they're actually coming together. Um, and that they are united. Um, that inspired me. I'm um, also the podcast Mabel, um, which has long since ended, but uh, the recording techniques of that podcast are super unique. Um, it's not afraid to be unintelligible sometimes. It's not afraid to be loud, to be noisy, to be have interference, um, and to also sometimes have the plot be a little incomprehensible, um, which a lot of people didn't really enjoy about it, but I think it was very brave of that podcast to do. Um, but I, I would say the majority of my influences, um, I'd say they, a lot of them came from music. Um, Marilyn Manson actually did sort of inspire me to a degree, um, which he's very much before my time, but I enjoy his music. And uh, on each of his albums, or, or most of them, uh, there's usually a track that is it's not really a song. It's just kind of like this ambient. You hear him kind of talking in these distorted means and you hear voices. It's kind of this like scary, but very surreal experience. And I thought, okay, you know, that's something I'd really, really interested in making, um, you know, making these sound vignettes that you don't really know what you're hearing. And it's frightening. Um, also clipping, uh, which is a underground hip hop trio, um, headed by Divi Diggs of Hamilton fame. Um, they released an album and called their uh, entitled "There Existed an Addiction to Blood," um, which uh, 
was one of the first listening experiences where I was listening to music and I felt scared by what I was hearing. I mean, obviously there's horror soundtracks that I listen to regularly, but on that album, they tell a lot of stories. And as they tell the stories in rap, you know, form, you still feel frightened and, and something about that feeling, um, I, I think really inspired Incarnation Red. Are you looking for all the good things to make your next hometown craft distilling experience the best you've ever had? Come on down to Abbott & Wallace to see our tasting room, handcraft distills, and seasonal cocktail menu. Visit them at www.abbottandwallace.com today to gather with your friends, experience local spirits, and remember your community. Whiskey, gin, and rum distillery in downtown Longmont, Colorado is where you need to be. Did you know that most people have no idea what they can do to make their house worth more money? Every house has one. A front door? Maybe. Awesome landscapes? Sure. It's neither of those, though. Your roof is the thing everyone will see when they visit your house. A new roof can increase your property value significantly more than just upgrading the door, planting more flowers, or decorating more for the holidays. Reach out to the Pride Roofing and Construction by calling 720-552-3321 or visit their website www.pride-roofing.com to claim your free home health assessment. That's awesome. I love those... um inspirations you've had for podcasting um and i love how it comes from music too because a lot of my influences come from a lot of music you know i think you know being a designer um i think a lot of my design inspiration came from you know album arts and that was like one of the big things that really just got me into mm-hmm. wanting to design things i was like wow i love this these albums they're the beautiful art on there whether it's photos or design or comment or both you know those were the things that really inspired me to be like i want to do that i mean musicians are putting things out every day (laughs) yeah you know so clearly music's not stopping anytime soon yeah that's not so you know that's what's kind of nice about having those inspirations and being able to pull from those those types of things you know it's it's great and i love that yeah um i mean i've loved music my whole life i just uh and i but i'm not very musically inclined um but i still wanted to make an audio art form so that's this is kind of that for me. Yeah, I think we talked about that on the last episode um, with the Orphan the Poet, mm-hmm. and we had I had talked to them about how I uh, um, I tried learning guitar in school, and it just was not a, not a good thing for me. So <laughs> again, I'm trying this audio thing of podcasting and yeah. seeing if people like it. If they do, they do. If they don't, well, they don't. <laughs> so no, I'm no foul. Jumping back into our questions for this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'd love to know um, if you were going to turn a movie or a something that's just out there into an audio formed um, horror something something. What would you want to hear? Because I think one that would be intriguing and this just totally popped off the top of my head uh, since I saw the video yesterday for the Quiet, Quiet Place Part 2 trailer. Mm. Um, so I realized, wouldn't that be an interesting audio experience to hear something like the Quiet or A Quiet Place? And, you know, be. that silence uh, and then the, you know, the, the steps and everything like that. Just yeah. So intriguing with the audio engineering and kind of how they mastered that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, part of me... <laughs> Sorry, now my mind is like racing with all that because it's like part of me is like you know something that people fear loud noises I guess um, and so in a quiet place if, if it were in audio form and you were listening and if you heard somebody step particularly hard you would think oh it's about to get really loud because they're about to get attacked by the by the things um, that'd be interesting yeah um, other than that did I just present like the next episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'd be neat um, I think that uh I'm trying to think of like really 
audio first horror films. There's a film called Barbarian Sound Studio um, okay. that uh, I wasn't a huge fan of, um, but it's uh, it's about a sound engineer um, who's working on a horror film, an Italian Gallo film. Um, and uh, I think that could be interesting, you know, using the his own sound engineering as part of the format, but then making that go a little wrong. Um, so I don't know why, but for some reason, when you said that my first thought uh, was Godzilla, um, one of the oldest horror films out there. And well, I guess not oldest, oldest, but <laughs> I don't know, hearing hearing the perspective of an entire city being destroyed, like from the perspective of a lamppost or something, that might be interesting. Interesting. My poor lamppost got squashed. Yeah, that could be how it ends. You know, that's dun, just... Dun, um, dun. There's just no end to the possibilities of audio. That's why that's why I work in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I do know, I've been to your guys' house, and we have talked about um, some of our favorite horror films and why they're mm-hmm. our favorite horror films. Um, we debated quite a we, bit. We debated quite a bit on that. <laughs> I think we can... <laughs> bring up a little bit here but you know I, i'd love to hear some of your favorite horror films and and why and then we can start debates if you say something i just okay. like <laughs> um yeah uh yeah a lot of people tend to disagree with my picks um my favorite film and my favorite horror film uh both is uh, the babadook um oh. a film that um it's not the best horror film i've ever seen but it is my favorite and Watching it is just such a visceral and moving experience. And it, 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 it's one of the films that... I think it's the film that made me think, okay, I want to be I, I want to be a horror creator. This is something I really want to do for real. Mm-hmm. Um, because the idea of representing an emotional reality as something so scary in a literal sense... Um, I was a very undereducated horror buff at the time, so I, I that was a new idea to me at the time. Um... But in the way the Babadook does it with such nuance and heartfelt understanding of what grief feels like um, was just, to this day, is mind-blowing to me. And, and uh, so that's my favorite one. I cry every time I watch it. Um, it's, it's just a beautiful, gorgeous film. Um, second to that, I would say, is Eraserhead um, by David Lynch. Hmm. Um, a lot of, uh, it's, you know, it's just certainly an offbeat one. Um, you know, it's, it's very surreal and very airy and kind of that thing. But, um, but, uh, I think it just creates such a nightmarish atmosphere and is also committing to a theme in that atmosphere that it creates. And that's something I take to heart. Um, The Witch is another horror film I adore. A lot of people disagree with me about it. Um, I, I, I think you are among that crowd. I, I am among that crowd. Yeah, you I, like Okay, it, right? I like I like The Witch. Mm-hmm. I really did. But I walked away just being disappointed in the sense of I wasn't scared. You know, I hear people say that, and I guess it's not as viscerally scary as, as some other films, but it, it haunted me. Yeah. I, I felt harrowed by the end of that film, like... I don't know. It scared me pretty thoroughly, but... That's valid. That's valid. But I also would go as far to say, like, again, not shitting on your movies here. (laughs) But, you know, The Babadook, I walked away not very scared. You know, it can be... That surprises me even more. It can be, like, a horrifying story, if you will, but I think it's about the director's vision and how they made it scary visually Uh. in combination with the audio and the, I guess, you know, the story the audio and the visuals all being connected and you know i think it just didn't quite make me scared you know in the sense of you know there's no 
blood chunking out of people's faces or, um, you know, a, de- a demonic possession or something like that. I feel as if those types of things, at least for me, can be at least more visually, even um, like topically, more disturbing and more horrifying to me. Where the Babadook and the witch, I understand where they're coming from, because, like, witches, yeah, that's that's scary shit. I wouldn't disagree. You know, Babadook, creepy creature. I think that's pretty scary as well. I won't disagree with that. Right. But to me, if you will, when going into those types of horror experiences, um, they didn't quite do it for me. I don't know. Like, again, they're good movies. They're excellently made. That's interesting. But they didn't leave me, like... Oh, crap. I can't sleep, Dad. <laughs> that's it. The Babadook did that for me, certainly. That's that's why it interests me, because that, that movie scares me every time I see it. Um, huh. Maybe it might just be the kind of child in me, and, you know, the Babadook plays a lot on, like, um, on darkness, like on shadows. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe it's just the kid in me being like, oh, there's a monster in the closet kind of thing. Like, that that kind of stuff really cuts to the heart, and yeah. the Babadook plays on it. Um, yeah, no, that movie... It really scared me, so... Oh, that's valid. And see, I think it's about kind of... Almost a little bit about how you were raised as well. So... Mm. Pardon me. I mean, only partially kind of how you were raised in regard to... You know, I was raised very Christian, very religious, if you will. Me too. And with that, I was scared shitless by The Exorcist. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, absolutely off my ass, couldn't sleep for a week. And then, you know, even things with, like, just bringing the dead back to life, you know, in, like, Pet Cemetery, I saw that as a kid. Yeah. And I couldn't sleep for three days. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think uh, a lot of those things, something The Exorcist does very well is it um, it plays on American uh taboos and images because uh, I mean American is a very Christian nation obviously and and it's got a large the influence of Christianity is implicit in American culture you can't escape it yeah. um, and the exorcist I think that maybe that's why it's so viscerally, viscerally scary to so many Americans um, because it takes that same imagery and perverts it twists it distorts it just stretches it from one end of the universe to the other it's it's um yeah, that that's a very good example of a very imagistically horrifying film. Yeah, that movie yeah, affected it, me. I, I think the the last few that have like actually just terrified the shit out of me uh, was definitely um, scenes from the Juwan Netflix series. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that yet. It was. Whew, it was rough. <laughs> was I'm glad to hear that because I'm a bit, I'm a big fan of it. It was very good, very very good. So um, I recommend it highly. Um, watch it then, yeah. And then another one that I remember like definitely just like left me just uneasy and off was uh, Sinister. Sinister, yeah. I, a lot of people liked that movie a lot more than me, but I think part of that was because I I, I didn't watch it in a very uh, good environment. It was like kind of on a small screen and oh yeah, that's and bad. The audio wasn't great. Um, yeah, see, I, for me, like since Sarah doesn't ever want to watch you know horror movies with me, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I have myself to watch them with. <laughs> um, I can relate. You know, like I watched Sinister without her. I watched it. Um, I believe. On my iPad, headphones, in my room alone. Mm. And I was just like, all right, let's go for this. Yeah, that'll get you. Went into it, and I was like, this is good. This is so good. So I don't know. I think it's about going into the horror experience properly instead of kind of just like, oh, yes, this is kind of how it's going to work. 
I'll be scared maybe, but you think if you go into it prepped to be scared shitless, that's true. You're so much better off. Or you know, I think I went into the witch and the Babadook, for example. I was expecting to be scared mm, and was yeah. was less scared than I had expected. So I think it was the expectation being in the wrong place. I read that a lot about about the witch. You know, yeah, I, I used to have a friend who um, who we frequently debated because he said that. He, he basically wrote off horror as a genre, which is a good way to get on my bad side. Oof, um, yeah, and he was like, I'm just not scared. Just none of them are scary. I've never been scared by a horror film. And something I that taught me is that if you... I could probably... I could probably watch a horror film, and if I really just detached myself emotionally, could avoid being scared. That might be difficult, because, you know fear is a visceral emotion, but I could probably do that. But you have to approach it with an open mind, just like you have to approach uh, any artistic experience open to it. Um, and a lot of people, you know, just turn themselves off to horror movies and they're just like, I'm just not scared. And it's like, well, <laughs> if you're watching a movie trying to shut yourself off from it, yeah, you're not going to feel very connected to it. Yeah. It's an attitude thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, t- I totally, yeah. I see what you mean by that. Yeah, that is um, kind of my experience, I think, in general with just movies overall. Mm. You know, is just you got to go into the expecting a certain thing. You know, like, you know, we can say what we want about the new Mortal Kombat. You know, say it's a great movie or not. But, you know, I went into it expecting a blood smashing gore fest of, you know, guys that say fight and then they fight and tear each other's spines out. You know, you know, I get that's why I went into into it expecting I got that. So I walked away very, very pleased. I can't say it was a work of art film myself, but, you know, I enjoyed it for what I was expecting it to be. Yeah, no, that um, I agree a lot um, with that. Yeah, that was an eloquent way of putting it. Um, <laughs> I had a professor in college who who taught me a standard uh, to evaluate art that I, I really believe in, um, which is it's a, th- a three step standard, which is what are its goals? Are those goals worth accomplishing? Does it accomplish those goals? Yeah. Um, and I try to approach anything with that mentality. So a movie like Let the Right One In um, is not viscerally scary, um, but I don't think it was trying to be, and so I evaluated it by a different yardstick. Um, and a movie like uh, the Amityville Horror, um, a lot of people hate that movie. A lot of people think it's garbage. Um, but me watching it, I mean, I saw it. What it was trying to do was just kind of play to this uh, occult film formula. You know, nothing crazy out of the blue, but you know, just trying to make a good scary story in, in this framework of a uh, very traditional occult haunting story. It wasn't trying to be highbrow art. It wasn't trying to be, you know, Black Swan or anything like that. Um, it was just trying to, you know, create that spooky experience. And it did that very well. That's why I like it. Um, but a lot of people will hate on it because it's not, you know, because it's, um, because it plays to that formula and it is formulaic, but I mean, maybe it's not the standard of filmmaking, period, but it's good for what it is. That's bad. Uh, one audiobook 
Yeah, audiobook uh, that I was listening to uh, recently, actually, that really, I will say, I, I think we keep coming back to this, uh, like viscerally, like came down and impacted me mm. heavily just because of the storytelling, the experience overall. And I will say, like, it, it, it kind of made me afraid in certain instances of the audiobook. It's not it's not qualified as horror by any means, but it was uh, it was uh, the um, audiobook with James McAvoy of Sandman. Mm. And it was beautiful. Blew my mind. I see. And with that experience, you know, Dream was scary mm. in certain instances. And it, like, creeped me out, but I loved it. So I kept coming back because he's a tortured character that I was just, like, intrigued about. And I, I don't know, I kept wanting, even though it put me in a weird place, because I was like, ooh. <laughs> kind of scares me in like a weird way because it's, it's dream and it, it controls that and yeah. you know I, I have intense dreams as a creative you know so yeah. talking to or hearing the story about somebody that can basically come right into your dreams and be like hey I got stuff to tell you yeah and be there <laughs> you know I think that's it's it's terrifying and you know to some extent it just made it really um, impactful I think you know is the big thing about that audio experience didn't make me afraid like oh oh afraid scared you know that type of thing mm. it was more just like whew, on the edge of my seat i think you know makes my heart skip a beat in ter- certain instances i was like all right well played yeah. <laughs> well played audiobook <laughs> yeah i think there's uh there's something to be said for balancing uh a balance between the uh how do i put this um like i suppose like the the story you are telling and the way you tell it, uh, content and form. Uh, and something I try to do with Incarnation Red is that there's a lot of horror podcasts that the content is very scary, you know, like hearing, like the stories that are being told are frightening. Um, but being told them, you don't really experience that, you know, like sharp gasp or visceral, like, you know, kind of bodily felt fear um that comes from the way you tell the story and i try to really create that legitimately fright like i am feeling afraid rather than i think about the story and then am afraid it's like you feel afraid as you hear it um there's a good balance to be struck there yeah i just learned a thing on this podcasting thing (laughs) what i just learned a thing i can do i can turn my mic off oh and hear you Damn it! You shouldn't have been doing this the whole time. Well, <laughs> it's fine. It's not that big a deal. But mad. <laughs> it's frustrating. Uh, podcasting issues, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Now that we kind of got back into your podcast, um, I'm told that we have something to go over today, and we're going to read something and play with some audio stuff. Yeah. I that, don't know what we're going to do, but I'm excited require, to get into this. That will require a uh, certainly a reset up. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, something a, a sort of companion to this. Uh, what I wanted to do was um, I've got a few, I've got a couple write outs um, and I'm going to hook our friend Lachlan here up to uh, basically my audio workstation interface and as he talks, distort his voice, kind of manipulate it in the same way that I do in Incarnation Red um, so he can experience what it's like to hear himself turn into a demon like I do frequently. Awesome. I think this is going to be great. I'm super looking forward to this. Um, let's go ahead and do outros now. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, let's get that done, and then we'll head on over to your recording studio and have that be a case, be the um, finished and good to go. I do know I'm not the best uh, podcast host in the world, so I definitely know I have a bunch of outtakes and you know just me messing up and doing That's stuff fine. like that. I don't share them on the podcast, but alas, I'm really curious what some of your uh, funny podcasting stories are. Uh, even though we're in the realm of horror, I want to know some, some some funny funny stories. See what they are. Yeah, um, the one I always come back to uh, is the story behind episode two of season one, which is Friend Friend, um, which is, I think it's an episode so strange, I feel like people listen to it and think this has to be based on some kind of actual experience, (laughs) um, because it's just so odd, and it was based on an actual experience. Um, Much like in the episode, I had just moved to Chicago, I had just uh, gotten all my stuff in my apartment, and um, me and my fiancé at the time... um, we had uh, unpacked every. We were, we, were, we were unpacking, and her parents were in town as well. And um, they left to go get some dinner, just like in the episode. Um, something to understand before I tell the story is that we were very tired. We had just driven across the country. We had loaded a lot of furniture. We were just kind of like brain dead after a long time. So, um, my fiance Annika uh, Hansen, who uh, also made the theme song to Incarnation Red and Stars in a couple episodes. Um, she was having, she had to write something. She had to write some note for some reason that I don't remember. Um, and she forgot which direction a capital F went. Um, and so, and I know that sounds dumb, but again, we were so brain dead and just tired. We didn't know what we were doing. So she just kind of wrote out the word friend twice. Uh, one of them having a backwards F and, She's like, oh, okay, that's how it goes, and then she left. I had no idea she had done this. So I'm alone in my apartment when they go out for food, and I just see this note on the table that says friend, friend, but the second one is backwards. And I didn't think anybody had written it, and I was like, did I move into a haunted apartment? Like, did I move into something where... It was just something about the words friend, friend. I was like, something... Is there something in here? Um, so yeah, that was very creepy, and I ended up having to just make an episode about it that oh my god <laughs> it was a bit more emotionally deep than the original uh, incident was um so yeah that was where that one came from it was a very odd experience um other than that i'm trying to think i mean the episode rigor um which uh, was a duet between me and annika was also based off of uh something she had done in her sleep because uh, i just looked over and her arm had been sticking out of the bed um and it struck me as odd, and so I made an episode about it. And it's just a testament to the fact that ideas can really come from anywhere. They can even come from funny places. Um, but if you know you kind of go down a rabbit hole and just follow it a little bit, then uh, it'll, it'll it turns out into something interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, was your apartment actually haunted? I don't think so. Okay. Um, Chicago, I mean, all the buildings are old as all get out, and so uh, they feasibly could have been. Um, but if it were, I probably would have found out. Emphasis on probably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So I think we can um, go ahead and probably get set up with your setup so we can lead into that and have you guys experience our horror audio experience that yeah. I am have. I literally have no idea what's going to happen. So <laughs> I'm excited to see what we're going to do. Uh, good, sir. Let's. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Get I'm doing CSW. It. I run Incarnation Red. 
Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, where we talk about creative endeavors and their overall purpose to showcase your creativity. By the end of the episode, you'll be inspired to take your next creative project to the next level. As you can hear, I am. This is CSW. I am currently manipulating Lachlan's voice here to create a similar effect as is present in my own podcast, Incarnation Red. Um, and we are going to be playing around with that today to see just how demonic we can make him. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Incarnation Red is a horror podcast, and we are going to bring that same energy here. I've prepared Lachlan with a few uh, write-ups. Um, the first one he's going to read is uh, was actually a rejected cut from the trailer for Incarnation Red um, that just never made the light of day but i saved it and now he's going to read it and we're just going to see we're going to see just how spooky we can make him sound so go for it i thought i understood or or at least i got it to some strange ambiguous degree but the sheets of skin don't stay together they they slip from between attempts and the water sits still just over and over I thought it would come to me, and, and, and it did, but not in the large, in the large, the warm, warm sense that I expected. That sense of things being, things, of things being put together and in place and in line, but it didn't come like that. Instead of it came in this, this other thing that's not this loose and noxious thing that keeps supplying me always with an incarnation right upon my skin, but an incarnation of wood. Very good, very good. Um, I apologize for some of the uh, lack of typing in that. Some of, some of those sentences don't quite make sense uh, the way they're written, um, but that's no problem at all. Now, the second readout he is going to uh, do and I'm going to play around with um, is actually an excerpt from uh, episode 12, uh, Contagion, um, an excerpt that in the original episode was quite manipulated, was quite played around with. I played around with it in real time just as he is going to be... Uh, having it altered in real time, and I am interested to see where it goes, so take it away, Lachlan. I see the man standing in the alleyway. I see him standing with his arms folded, glaring at me, and something, something is just telling me that it was him. He's the one. So I had better do something about it. But after I'm done with him, after his throat has bled out a bullet head to bleed and the wounds drawn into his chest have gone dry, I realize it must not have been him. No, he's he's not the one. He doesn't look right. So I'll have to find someone else. But after I'm done with the next one, his thighs slid up and, and his tongue cut out for good measure, I realize that it's not him either. And even the next one, after I pulled him from his walk to the train station in the alleyway where I can clean him like a fish, crack his ribcage open, and draw shapes onto his organs, even he doesn't seem right. Neither does the one with the slowly soft limbs, nor does the other one with the gouged out eyes that I forced him to chew and swallow before caving in his skull with an alleyway door. And even the one with the ripped out teeth and the peeled off face just doesn't seem quite feel like enough 
like I need to do more, need to go to all lengths to find the other one. And once I do, I'll feel better or I won't. And then I'll have to find someone new again. But just to be sure, there's nothing wrong with being sure. Very good job, Lachlan. Now, hopefully this was proved to be quite spooky um, for you guys. I know that it was for us because we had a little bit of a studio mishap where uh, the audio was coming from a source that neither of us know what was. Um, That was a bit scary when it happened, but we're past it now, thankfully. and yes, this is uh, not. This is sort of my process whenever I'm doing Incarnation Red. There are quite a few excerpts that are uh, that involve vocal manipulation and distortion, and sometimes I will do it in real time while recording, um, reading from a script, and then on my. Uh, interface manually manipulating my voice and I feel that that is a good way to create horror, taking the familiar element of a human voice, making it unfamiliar making it uncanny and uh, Lachlan thankfully volunteered to be part of this experiment today and I was and I do it for, for which I am very grateful and thank you very much for having me on the show yeah, thank you for coming on to the Level Up podcast. Yeah, and for those listening who don't know me, I'm CSW. I make a podcast known as Incarnation Red. That's red spelled R-E-A-D. And uh, if you liked what you heard here, then you may like what you will hear there. And so give it a listen, and I will see you in your next nightmare. Thank you to all Season 3 of the Level Up Podcast and the 4th Annual Locktoberfest sponsors. Pride Roofing and Construction, our proud presenting sponsor and host of our annual Headshot and Portrait Studio Night. Abbott and Walsh Distilling, our spirited title sponsor and host for the podcast release party. Mandy K Comedy, our showcase sponsor making us remember what it's like to laugh. Talis for Longmont City Council at Large, our creator sponsor who we've produced dozens of episodes of his show, The Savvy Entrepreneur With. Snarkingtons, our local shop sponsor with sweet gifts and snarky treasures for you and your family to enjoy. Each episode is brought to you by Level Creative Studios and this season's presenting sponsor, Pride Roofing and Construction. This has been a Level Creative Studios production of the Level Up podcast hosted by Lachlan Quintana. If you'd like to hear more of our podcast and our productions, please visit our website, www.lvlcreativestudios.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you have taken your creativity to the next level.